Good afternoon. This is Dr. Saul Goldstein. The, uh, the opinions expressed by these two, uh, you know, uh, fellows, uh, colored folks, uh, may or may not be the opinions of uh, their employers uh, or mine. Uh, holler at me. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. In big trouble. And I don't want to be in big trouble. So we have talked um, at length pretty much about the happenings in NWSL and the issues with um, coaches and league office and all sorts of people involved in leadership positions in the league and their various teams and the hurt that they have caused to the players and staff there. Finally, after a lengthy investigation, a scathing report released to the public the NWSL has issued some corrective action, as they called it. And there seem to be a few levels of punishment, let's say. Um, let's start with the most visible and damning ones, which are permanent exclusion from NWSL. Those names are Paul Riley, Christy Holly, Rory Dames, and Richie Burke. They can never ever participate in the NWSL ever again. I think this is great. Um, let's start right there and get your thoughts on those four names. That shit's fake as fuck, bro. Damn. Them niggas Jump wasn't... Your bag, bro. What? Jump in your bag, bro. Well, I mean, them niggas wasn't coming back. No way. Like, <laughs> I mean... Like, for real, for real, like, this is more like when it comes to this, this is more symbolic than anything else. Right. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, nobody in their right mind was going to hire these four people anyway. So, right. like, you know, coming out after the fact and being like, oh, like, you know, they could never play in the motherfucking league again. Like, who in their right mind was going to hire them? Like, next. Like, that's yeah. just some symbolic shit. Next. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got that. Uh, level two suspension. Uh, these are two-year bans for Craig Harrington and Alice LaHue. They're ineligible to work in NWSL in any capacity for two years. And future employment is contingent upon some conditions that must be met in order for them to work in the league again. Then we have level three. Conditional future employment for Farid Benstiti, James Clarkson, Vera Powell, Amanda Cromwell, Sam Green, Aline Rice, Reese, whatever that is. And then some organizational sanctions. The league office itself fine, not less than $1 million and must issue systemic changes. U.S. soccer. But we know they the big dogs. Ain't nobody running them. Chicago Red Stars, $1.5 in fines. Portland Thorns, $1 million in fines. Level 2 fines, not less than $100,000 for Racing Louisville. And North Carolina Courage, Level 3, not less than $50,000 for O.L. Reign and Gotham FC. Who? Clubs named but not subject to penalties are the Washington Spirit and the KC Current. Man, this is crazy because you have... 
How many teams named here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Bruh, aren't there only like 10 teams? There's, <laughs> there are 12, and then they're going to be 14, I think, next season. So 12 teams, and eight of them were named in this report. So, the, yeah, three quarters Six of, of them the teams, actually received fines. Yeah, that's crazy. Three quarters of the teams this season. That's insane. And some of this, but, I don't even, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's, I mean, this is the NWSL right now. I am all for, uh, what did you say earlier that, that, um, Goody Mob lyric, listen to us now, believe us, us later. later on. Yeah. They need to rebrand, bruh. They need to dump that NWSL, refresh, get a new logo, new name, new direction. Move all this shit away from this toxicity. Uh, like you said, a lot of this is symbolic. You know, it's kind of, you know, systemic changes sounds good on paper, but systemic changes and practice against capitalism, <laughs> much easier said than done. Um, yeah. How do you feel about these fines and level two and three offenses? I mean, all of this to some level is like, all of this to some level to me is very symbolic because like, you know, either you have a zero tolerance policy against what was happening in the NWSL or you don't. Mm -hmm. And this is indicative that they don't have a zero tolerance policy. Like, you know, they got people in here with like, they already like kicking people out of the league that were never going to come back to the league. You know, mm -hmm. they got people in here who could still be, if they were like serious about this, the people in here who could still possibly get employment in the league. So these are people that are like your level two, you know, people and their like future employment is conditional or whatever. Like mm -hmm. if they were serious about this, like all of them got to go. Yeah. Like they just got to go like, you know, like, I hate to say it that way. It doesn't really sound callous if you're like no half measures, if you got zero tolerance for this shit. But then like, you know, the devil really starts getting into the details when it comes to like how they're sanctioning organizations too. Right. Like, yeah. you know, how are you going to sanction yourself? Right. And then how are you going <laughs> to sanction like us soccer when like you have no authority over us soccer. Right. Right. And then when you get into the teams, like, the red stars and the thorns are up for sale. Yeah. So who pays this fine, right? Do the red stars pay this fine? Like, does Arnim Whistler play this fine? Does Merritt Paulson play this fine before he sells the team? You know, mm -hmm. is the condition that he has to pay the fine before he sells the team? Because if that's mm -hmm. the case, these niggas might not sell the teams. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, there's just so many, like, conditional things here. Not to mention, like, Merritt Paulson had already pledged, quote-unquote, like a million dollars to like mm -hmm. player safety initiatives and shit like that. And the NWSL's like, oh, his fine is the a million dollars that he had already pledged. It's like, is that a fine? Yeah. Like, that don't sound like a fine. Yeah. And then the rest of this money is just like little, bro. Like two hundred thousand dollars for racing Louisville, like, you know, a hundred thousand for North Carolina Courage, fifty thousand 
for the rain and 50,000 for Gotham. If they talking the fucking valuations that them niggas like to talk when they like mm-hmm. talking this big money talk about how valuable these franchises are, that mm-hmm. ain't nothing. Right. Right? You out here telling me that Gotham's supposed to be a $50 million franchise and you and what? You, that's 1% of their valuation. That's what they're getting fined for the shit they was up to. Yeah. Like nah. Like, miss me with this. Like, I mean, it looks good. You know, there was a lot of people out here shaking hands and patting themselves on the back. Like, you know, getting tough on crime or whatever the fuck this is supposed to be. But, like, you know what that is. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you said, man. Um, This is, if they were really about it, about it like that, you just got to go all together. But. The league just has to do something, right? They have to make some sort of moves to show where they're going. And this is as good as they're going to get. Plus, you know, it kind of brings to mind when you were talking about, you know, like these level two and three sanctions. It, It must be remembered that the United States is a very, very litigious society. Very. And these fines of level two and level three order are because the the league only has so many or whatever governing bodies only have so much they can do legally. Right. Yep. We could talk about morality all we want to, but so much shit is gotten away with here in the United States because legally. Yeah, it is within a specific set of parameters that it cannot be prosecuted in the way we think it should be, and that's exactly what a lot of this is. These level two and three fines is like legally we can't ban you from the league permanently because that would be unfair, given what you know, whatever happened. And if you were to counter sue, then we would be in court for who knows for how long, and we'd probably lose. So. This is what we can do within uh, the legal limit. So, yeah, it's all kind of like whatever. But I, I must say this. It is a positive step in the right direction for making this type of behavior a big, big no-no within the league. Like, it must be known for anyone current and in the future that you can end up in this type of situation yourself if you don't do what you're supposed to do in a professional manner. And that's the same for anybody on their job. Like if you're doing some wild shit that's out of pocket, like you could be gone too. And that's just the way it has to be to protect people. I mean, I kind of agree with you there, but I don't think that things will change much as long as we're not addressing the root cause of the shit that happens in women's amateur soccer and Mm -hmm. the power that those people have over determining the lives of these players by the time they get to NWSL, Mm. right? Because a lot of these coaches, like, have made their bones, like, in the amateur soccer world. 
like specifically mm-hmm. like Rory Dames, the reason Artem Whistler hired Rory Dames was because he was the top girl soccer program in Chicagoland, right? Yeah. Like until you like professionalize this league and work this league out enough where you can cut the pipeline between like most of your coaches and shit like that like you know coming from amateur soccer ranks into that like i think i think on some level like you know a lot of this abuse and shit's still gonna be around because i mean not for nothing they still hiring a lot of dudes too yeah ridiculous Like, like you know so like i agree with you that it's gonna get better but like the pace of change is really gonna depend on like high of zero tolerance they get and i just don't think they're ready for that conversation Thank you for checking out Chop Soccer Pod Short Corners. For more, check us out on Twitter at Chop Soccer Pod and Instagram at Chop Soccer Pod. You know the vibes.